I'll let you introduce yourself. You know how this goes. Yeah. I've seen this plenty of times. So kind of run through your little quick bio and um, let's see. Let's see what funny facts and funny stories we can come up with tonight. All right. So my name's Caitlin. Uh, we first met when I was on 16 Club. You were, uh, we were your first team when you moved to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And during that season, uh, you also became my strength coach uh, for the over two years now. <laughs> I've been doing strength and training. And then this past year, you were my coach again for the last season. Okay. So uh, you were probably the only athlete I've ever had that I've had to teach two other positions to. And then actually transitioned into two other positions, starting from some middle right side weird hybrid into an outside setter and DS. Um, so I guess four. Um, Lu Hello, Lucy. Um, so, uh, I mean, kind of just, let's see, let's, uh, we had a, we had an odd year to say the least. So, um, it got really close to you not playing club for your high school season. I mean, uh, senior year, sorry. Um, and then a lot of things had to go into play a lot of. A lot of pieces had to fall in the right place, to say the least. Um, I know there's a lot of back and forth between me and you, and um, everything worked out in the weirdest way. And then yes. we got to enjoy half a season. <laughs> um, that's a pretty fun tournament, uh, pretty interesting year. So what, what was your take on everything? Um, I was happy that I was able to – be on your club honestly I mean it was probably one of the best club seasons even though it was half a season it was still like the best one I've had and the most fun both on and off the court um so even though it was only half it was still like so much fun okay so so why because I mean and now I'm going to say this to everybody listening yes um I have worked with you for a long time so, and this is not a biased opinion. I know some people might think that, but um, I, to give a little bit more background, I worked with Caitlin for two years while she was with other clubs and other programs. And uh, at no point was there any, no interference. There was all nothing but support. So um, this is kind of, we're kind of going to highlight what you've gone through and what okay. me and you have done. So, um, you know, we're going to keep this as professional as we are going to be. So, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll start from there. So, so what, what made your last club season last, we'll say last year of high school strength conditioning, um, enjoyable. Um, I'd probably say for club, it was the most enjoyable for me anyway, because I knew some of the people that were already on the team. I had my other middle from school uh, come with me in uh, January, mid-January she came. Um, and then some people from training also came onto the team. So I already had 
a connection with some people and some people on opposing teams I knew from just history with middle school or elementary school. So most of the people I had some kind of connection with, and then I knew you as a coach and I knew how you coached kids. So I already had that background information. And then also just bickering with everyone on the team. Like no matter what it is, everyone can take a joke. So we were able to push one another in different ways, whether that be um, moral support or kind of amping up. We always had something to keep us going no matter what. So I'd probably say that's why I find it that it was the best season because we all got along in some way, shape or form. And there was really not as much drama as there was on other teams that I've been on before. Yeah, I know. I know for sure. I know when um, uh, we had talked about a lot of things and previous experiences, both of us, you know, that was always the, that was always the issue. And I know that, um, you know, for the athletes that, you know, some people that are watching that I've worked with um, in the weight room, especially um, I can be from an outside view, very, as most people say, mean, but um, I like to see it as tough love. And it's, it's, um, I mean, me and you have had those instances where, you know, you get frustrated and it turns into emotion, which I would rather have that, you know, and, uh, you know, I've gotten to the point with people where I just, you know, mainly females, you know, you go, all right, no crying. We'll do it outside. That's fine. But, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna stay composed and push. So, you know, it was also nice because I got to push your limit. You pushed mine and, you know, it's, you know, good or bad still. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it's, I think this season taught me a lot more about myself, especially, you know, I've been able to unwind a lot more with training. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the atmosphere's atmosphere is totally different. Um, I think you'd say it's probably a lot more regimented though. Like you have to focus a lot more in different ways. Um, but I would have to say your training, especially, um, and part of it's kind of you gotten out of the volleyball training idea and you've now started Olympic weightlifting. So mm-hmm. the mentality, the energy level, the attitude, like everything has changed. So it does, it does make for a more, I guess it's a different kind of enjoyable experience. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it was, the transition was difficult at first, but then once I got the hang of it and the mindset of it too, it all just came like naturally. Yeah. And uh, let's see, probably, I I, I don't know. I I think I just think back to that first year because my first memory was you wanting to run a slide. Actually, no. No, it was running to one run ones. And after mm-hmm. we ran a one, you same practice, like right after, okay, when are we doing slides? And yep. that was kind of the big standout for me working with you for the first time was it was always, Hey, when are we going to do this? When, when are we going to do this? And it was hard. It was hard to tell you no, because we had so many other things we had to get right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I remember you always telling me that, well, we got to work on passing first or we got to work on footwork or we got to work on setting. And I'm just like, can we work on hitting? Yeah. So to like loop back, like what was, uh, I know, 
And for, for, for those that don't know a lot of the inner workings of kind of how things have come full circle between me and you, um, I don't think a lot of people know this. Uh, I had the chance to be your high school coach. Um, not a lot of people knew that even was a possibility. Um, I got asked not a few months after I got here, if that, uh, and I turned it down and I wanted to focus on other things. And that's when you had coach Jade, which she is amazing, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think you could have gotten a better coach for everything that was going on, especially. So, you know, major props to her. I love her. She's awesome. I mean, I, it's just one of those coaches. It's kind of hard to not like. So, yeah. and it was always fun watching you guys and like playing against you. Cause I know there was like, whenever me and you joked around before games, you always had people going, who is that? How does he know you? Wait, 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 what do you, wait, why are you peppering with him? You know, little things. And, you know, I go over, sit next to Jade and talk to her and, you know, it's, it's always funny to hear those remarks and everything from fans and parents and, you know, who's this, who's this kid, you know, and I still get referred to that, even though I'm 30, you know, who's this, who's this new kid coming in, talking to all these people, and I'm just like, ask, just ask. Yeah, I got a, I got a lot of remarks about that, especially um, the first scrimmage that we had, the, uh, the mm -hmm. jamboree. That was when I got a lot of it because even like our director, our athletic director was just like, uh, do you know who this guy is? I mean, he's like c talking to you on like the sidelines while you're trying to ref. I'm like, he's he's my trainer. It's fine. He's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was for, for those that don't really know me, it gets very like people, people don't know how to handle it. And I think that's the funny part is when you kind of just act like yourself, uh, a lot of people don't know how to handle it. You know, yeah. you have to like comply a lot of times. I know me and you have had these talks all the time about, you know, uh, all these social stigmas and everything else going on. And you're kind of just like, you know, I just don't care. <laughs> I just want to do my thing. I mean, I know us in training are totally different in oh, yeah. practice. Mm -hmm. Like, attitudes atmosphere like you know don't don't get me wrong for anyone listening like you know we take training very seriously don't get me you know it's it's always taken seriously but um i think once everyone gets on that same page then everyone kind of mellows out and then the whole mindset changes yeah I, that's where i kind of broke uh kind of who I was I came out more in training I'd say after probably a couple months with you is when I really started to get out there and talk um and then that made me more outgoing like I am now today yeah and I know oh man I mean there's I think one of the funniest things is all the inside jokes all the backstory I mean you know, there's just so, there's so much stuff that now when, if you don't, if you're not with us for long enough to understand it, uh, people just don't get it. Yeah. Like, you know, and, you know, between like me and you or now, you know, Michaela, Lucy, 
you know, not you know, anyone listening, these are girls that 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 train with us, you know, you know, we all have these little inside jokes now. And that just came from came from time. Um and it was, you know, and the people I know that you've seen throughout the years, the ones that stayed are the ones that were committed. And, you know, barring any, you know, financial restrictions and things like that, you know, the ones that stayed were the ones that wanted it. So yeah. You know, well, like, what would you say to those girls? But I mean, even even the ones that you didn't really get to meet, or the ones that you know you knew were there, but you know didn't hang around. Like, you know, what maybe not? That's a, that's a wrong phrase. Not what what would you say to them? But you know, for those girls that want to train, they want to do what you're doing. Um, what would you tell them? I think I would just say, just go for it. I mean, when I first started training with you I wasn't training we were doing private lessons at the X gym and uh whenever we kept doing that I said I wanted to get stronger and more powerful and then you recommended weight training and I mean it was kind of nerve-wracking to think about it at first um because I've never done weight training before when I was uh maybe 15 16 at the time uh so I really didn't know what to expect but then when I first got into it I just love doing it and I kept doing it and doing it. And I always put goals on what I wanted to do or how much I wanted to lift. So whenever I put those goals into my mindset, then I kept loving it even more. And that's why I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I know it did. It, it makes it a lot easier for me uh, to work with you and program and everything when I know that you're going to accomplish those goals. I mean, you know, you might be, and you've watched me train before. Like there are times, like on Fridays, we both lift at the same time. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things, I think it gives you a different appreciation for me, seeing that, you know, I'm practicing the, my craft and that, you know, I can show you that, yeah, I'm not just spitting whatever at you. It, it does work. It does make sense. So, um, and you've seen a wide range of people come through the door too. I mean, mm -hmm. so from middle school athletes to college athletes and, you know, it's really, it's really cool. You know, if we, you know, we both look back to where you were when, when we both started to now is a totally different person. Yeah. And, you know, um, if you don't mind me sharing it, kind of your transformation, like we make a yeah. joke about that picture. And it's, it's, it's funny in a sense that, you know, you can, you, you can look back on it now and go that, that was me. And I mm -hmm. made that choice to change. I made that choice to lose that weight. I made that choice to change my mindset. You know, you went from, kind of not not really we'll say not really slower or uncoordinated than other athletes but you just you you ended up jumping past a lot of people mainly because of how you thought about things and yeah. that was that was huge because as a strength coach not even as a volleyball coach as a strength coach I don't really have to get on you Mm -hmm. so it's 
you know, it's just, it, it's been a big enjoyment to be able to coach you. It's been a pleasure. It's been... <laughs> so what's, what's been some of your best memories so far these past couple of years? Because you're starting to transition into, into college in, what, um, just over a month now. So this is kind of like... Yeah. Uh, should we break it down into like, should it be like school, then club, then training? What is that? The, do you want to go chronologically and just go by time, or do you want to go by like grouping? Let's go by grouping. Go by grouping. Easier. Okay. So, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with just high school first. Then we'll go to club and then training. Okay. All right. So All right. we'll start with high school. So high school. I already know what your your high school one's gonna be. So go ahead. Okay. So obviously you know. Uh, high school would definitely be this past season. And I'm guessing you may know why. Yes. Well, go ahead and explain it for everybody. I'll explain it. Um, so this year for the uh, 2019 season for volleyball, my school, we had six kids. Uh, definitely a, a challenge, to say the least, um, going into games, going into practice with just six people. Uh, you can't really scrimmage each other uh but we did the best that we could in practice um and then for games we always played to the best of our ability uh we did know obviously our numbers outnumbered um but we never looked at the numbers itself we always looked at okay this is just another team let's just go out here and play um so we did that and then this past year, we got to go to the Skiza tournament with you guys as well. Um, and then we got to the semifinals, and we lost. But it was, it was a good game to play. Yeah. So that was uh, – it was uh, very bittersweet on my side um, because we got to play you at our home court. Um, which ended up being the best match of the whole year. Oh yeah, I would. Ha I, I'm. I'm going to be biased, but it was the best match of the whole conference. Um, you know, to come from we were down two zero to come back and then it go was a 15-13, 15-11. Yeah, it was like a sixteen fourteen maybe. It was right. a two point yeah. game. Yeah, so uh, it was a roller coaster, and then. It was my thing was I, I I wanted to win it, but at the same in the same token, it was I, I wanted to lose just for that one reason, because I knew there was going to be next year was going to come around and it was more of a I wanted to see you succeed. But it was going to be you're going to have to earn it. Mm -hmm. So um, and for any coach that has taught someone a skill and then watch them use that skill against you. It's a very proud and very bittersweet moment because to watch a middle that you've worked with for two years set a tempo ball cross court out of zone one, you kind of just go, I hate myself because I'm the one that helped her do that. But at the same time, you kind of have to stand there and admire what the product really looked like. 
Yeah, that was – I'd definitely say that that game was the most interesting and best game that we've had. I mean, did it – was it bad that it went to five? I don't think it so. It was tiring. It was tiring. Oh, yeah. I'll admit to that. On our side, it was tiring. Um, but hey, the fat it almost felt kind of good to have five. The fat head made it impressive, though. You got to admit it. That – Oh, God, that was – there are some interesting moments during that game. Then there was the coin toss that went all the way to the middle of the court. And then we have a big fat head of your face come out right before the game. And then we have the boys' fan section with body paint that said Marlins. I mean, it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you, and then coming coming from your school where you guys are four grades, basically, that's it, until now, uh, until next year, yeah. um, where they're going to incorporate a middle school. But uh, to actually see your student section at the, the Skiza tournament turn up the way they oh, did was, 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 was huge. I mean, that was, that was big. And I mean, um, you know, I mean, I got to thank the guys that came out for us too, because it's, Turns out it's the same guys that come in and train now, which is pretty funny. Um, and it's also really funny to watch them get embarrassed when you're snatching and hand cleaning more weight than they are. So, yeah, for now. Probably. Well, <laughs> it'll happen. Don't worry. Don't you worry. Yeah. I'll get you there. But, um, it's, I don't know. It's just, it, it's wild to think back two years now. I know it se- it seems like far, but it also seems like it wasn't that long ago. No, I'm just like wow. I was on that team like almost three years now. Yeah. Oh. I'm uh, like I'm getting old. This is I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 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 we've crossed high school now. Now let's go into club. Favorite moment in club season? Oh boy. Ah. Uh, it would definitely probably be from this year because we made a lot more memories this year. I'm trying to think. I mean, even just late night shenanigans that we would have. Like when we played, uh, oh, what was it? We played Uno at the hotel in um, Atlanta. That I think was Atlanta fun. was probably the funnest tournament, even though it was yeah. the farthest one. Like we got to we, we got to play up essentially. 10, 18s, um, you know, and to be a, a 17s team, to take an 18s team out, you know, to win was huge. I mean, yeah. we hadn't done that well before, and we were just starting to get, get our groove together. And then, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, like, we all looked back and went, if we would have stayed in 17s, we could have won it possibly, or at least mm-hmm. done very well. And then to then go into now 18s and go, we could have gotten second. Mm-hmm. And it was that was that that was a good tournament. Oh, that was just so much fun. We got to play really good quality teams that I didn't think mm-hmm. was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that was what was that February when we played that? Yeah, that was that was a really good tournament. And then the last one that we played in uh, Rock Hill. Rock Hill that was a good one. Um, we had but we seven only people. did have like seven people. So and it was close to school season. 
got, we got um, second in bronze. No, 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 no. We were in silver. Yeah. Um, we finished first round of silver. Yeah. Fourth or fifth in silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, – team went up and down really fast, and it was really strange. Yeah. Um, it's definitely uh, – I mean, it was still – I mean, it's still a growing year for us. I mean, you kind of seen the, the transition in, well, your club now from from what it was and the making. So it's definitely mm-hmm. a big year. Um, yeah. All right. Now, now let's get to training. Training. No, uh, one, and you can always go back too. Okay, I probably mm, training. Well, I'd probably say recently uh, the back squatting, one ninety two. Oh yeah, one ninety eight. Oh, one ninety eight. I'm sorry, one ninety eight. That was. Don't take away pounds. That that was that was that was good. That felt really good to do. So now it's time to go up to 200. Uh, no, it's 225. That's your next goal. 225. Oh, yes. Just go, okay. for, go, go for the next one. You know, we're not going to go for two pounds. Okay. You should, you should know better than that. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, what else? I front squatted um, the boys back squat weight. That's pretty good. That was yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eric Blaker Ross, y- y'all probably like this later. Look at it. Um, yeah, that was pretty funny um, yeah. because they they watched while it happened. Um, yep. Yeah. So it was. Oh, that was quite memorable. I'll get what it else? one day. What other funny things happened in training? I mean, there's been, I mean, there's literally, there's been a lot. I was to say, there's been a lot of things. Um, doing the, um, the pods. I love using the pods. The colored pods. Oh, the blaze pods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah all those oh, little competitions. Um, and for anyone that hasn't tried them, um, look it up. Uh, it's called Blaze Pod. They're probably one of the funnest little interactive things I've ever gotten. Um, I think probably one of the funniest things for training too. Um, All the competitions and, oh man, actually, no, I think one of the funnest ones was either the, um, was a tic-tac-toe with the plate or we have that soon. Um, I I might do that that. tomorrow. I might do that tomorrow for conditioning. Um, So Michaela, if you're still watching, have fun. Um, Be ready. And oh, I, I know. Okay, I know one. There was one where we had to stand, like, in um, a ready position, and then the person behind us would, like, touch us, and we'd have a noodle, and we'd have to hit them with the noodle. Oh, yeah. The, the reaction um, time. Reaction, yeah. So, that one's a lot of fun. You have a pull noodle in your hand. You're faced away in, like, um, a ready, like, a serve-receive ready position, athletic position, and the person has to, behind you, has to touch you and then take off. Um that that ended up in a lot of funny clips for sure um people got very creative um we had yes. to outrule a few a few things um that uh oh god you got to see a lot of things that i screwed up on too over the years 
Oh, you mean your failed box jump? Yes, thank you. Um, oh, there was, there were, hey, there were countless things I screwed up. Oh. Um, but hey, if I wasn't screwing up, I didn't try something at least. It's, at least that's it's what true. that meant. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I still have that chunk out of my leg. Um, it's scarred over. I'm trying to think what else happened. Uh, hmm. I mean, you don't really hurt yourself that often. No. I mean. You've seen a few injuries, that's about it. Yeah. I'd probably say the best one, when you clipped your foot on the box and you just ate it. That was probably the best one I've seen. Which one? Like when I, like when I. The wooden box. Oh, that one. That wasn't my, that wasn't my foot. That was my shin. Oh, oops. Yeah, but you ate it. Oh, yeah. You ate it, and I was dying laughing. I flipped twice when it was only once. And then you kicked the box. Like, it's the box's fault. It was the box's fault. It's always the box's fault. And don't call me a crossfitter for saying that, but it was the box's fault. So what's what's been your – so, like, going through all of this, you know, we'll we'll get back to the funny stuff in a little bit. (laughs) Um, so like with, with going through everything, what, what did you learn? Like even, I mean, just kind of tie everything together, like from, from high school club and training. Uh, I'd probably say, well, a few things. One, uh, you learn to have patience. I'm not very good at patience. You can ask anyone. I'm not a very patient person. Uh, so training especially weight training that takes a lot of patience especially on your body because you're like oh i want to lift this i know i can do it but your body's like no (laughs) i'm not doing this today and then you're just like well you know what so then you gotta wait like another two weeks before you do it again um so patience for sure um then i'd probably say hard work definitely pays off i would say that for just regular season in general going back to the six person thing I mean if we all didn't commit to being a team um, and working our butts off every day at practice then we wouldn't have been where we are today Um, the five girls that are still there won't wouldn't have been where they are today Um, so luckily I had a I had a very good group of five girls um, that were willing to work uh, and hard work and training I mean, no matter what, if you want to get better, you have to work hard for it, even on your good and bad days. Like, you're going to have bad days. I've learned that a lot. Um, Like, you'll have bad days in practice. You'll have bad days in training, in weightlifting. But you kind of just have to forget about it. It's like your place to forget everything and focus on something else or don't even think. That's probably one of the best things, too. You don't have to think when you're doing stuff there. Um, But, yeah, to just be able to get out of almost like the real world problems and go somewhere else and enjoy it is probably, like, the best thing ever. Yeah, I know. I mean, you've – after you spend enough time with somebody, you kind of see all sides of them. I mean, you've seen you've seen me on my bad days, my really bad days, my really good days, and it's always been a 
um, that's been my, my, my medium to kind of channel in was the weight room. I mean, volleyball was always up and down. We'll kind of see how the day's going to go, but, um, weight room for sure. You know, it's, you can let out aggression in a way that you can't anywhere else. Um, mm -hmm. at least for me, I mean, I know it's kind of, it's kind of channeled that way for you too. Um, and it's been, oh, it gets, it gets very eye opening. You learn, you learn about yourself very fast, uh, how capable your body really is and how capable it can be when you don't want to do anything or sorry, how uncapable, you know, your body yeah. will shut down real fast. What's been, uh, oh God, let me, let me think how to phrase this. What's been the least enjoyable thing to learn? Oh, uh, in or volleyball or weight training? Both. Oh boy. Um, oh God. Least to learn. Um, least enjoyable. Well, the least enjoyable thing is having patience. I don't. <laughs> I, I hate learning patience. I don't, I don't have patience. Um, but oh, weight training. There's been so much we've done. Probably mm, there was one time where you, it was only one and who you may make us do it again. Now that I say this, we had to hold a plank for as long as we could. <laughs> yeah. That was awful. I remember it was me and demo, me and demo were going and we went over like four minutes so anyone, okay, no one's going to know who Demo is. So Demo, oh, Grayson, Grayson Salter, who plays for Conway High School, um, trained with us for a long time. Um, so yes, continue. So we had to hold a starfish plank, I believe, for as long as we could. Star plank, um, yeah. And past like three minutes, me and her were like next to each other. And we're like, are you going to drop? I'm going to drop real soon. Let's do it together. So then we both counted to like three and then we both just fell to the ground. And I think we capped it what what ended up being like four thirty two or four. Yeah, it was something around there. It was past four, I know that it, but it wasn't five because your arms just get it's like jello. Not cross. <laughs> oh god. Oh no. Actually, oh, anything that no. has to do with that stuff is awful. Probably iron cross and um yep. survivor rolls. You made those. <laughs> you made me or, do, do those first. Or, uh, as, or as some people might know them as boats and canoes, it's just modified. Um, that or 10 by 10s. You forgot 10 by 10s. Oh, my God. I forgot uh, German volume training. Oh, God. Yeah. I've only done it. Have I only done it once? One time. Everybody yeah. goes to it once. Yep. And it might be a, it's just your time. It might be a, okay, day's not going well. Who wants to do it kind of thing? Or you might say the wrong thing that day. But yeah, yeah yours was a, a front squat into a glute bridge. Yep. Or yeah, glute extension. So, um, and we went up by five pounds every time. Yeah, that wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> that really, that really wasn't fun. Uh, but the the payoff was priceless. Yes, uh, you get to say you did it. I think that's one of the that's biggest. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think now the only other true punishment is ropes and sleds. Oh, God, I hate ropes. So. No, I remember we did a whole lesson, a whole training session with ropes. 
that well, was that been was it on, been it all for an torture. Hour. Yeah, that was pure <laughs> torture. Your arms just feel like nothing after a while. You're like, okay, I can still do this, but in the middle when they're burning, it's it's you just yeah, want to stop. Start to phase it out after about 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, the halfway point. <laughs> <laughs> so before oh. that, you're feeling all the pain. Oh man. I don't know. I, I, I look back on it and it's just to see. Like, I look back on it in a way that I see all the people who have, who have come in and out the door. And then I see all the people who have kind of revolved through that door and the ones that have stayed, the ones that couldn't stay for whatever reason. And it's, it's, I think it's, it's something like you'll, you'll experience. I know you've experienced it already, but you get to see it on a greater scale, especially when you look back on a lot of things. And it's really, uh, it's really cool. I think it's really cool to see where everyone came from and where they grew from two, three years ago and to now. And, you know, to think, you know, this, this group of girls wouldn't have been together if all these things didn't happen. And it's, I don't know, it's wild. It's wild because I was kind of, Oh, I was kind of out of the, out of the volleyball light for a while there. And that was, it was a weird time. Mm -hmm. say the least that was a weird time a lot of stuff happened during that time during the about six seven months yeah so it really there's a lot of things that that i didn't realize that that will change you really fast and you kind of get and i i I would i would hope i did this for you it kind of pushes you to that point where you really learn about yourself and you grow Mm -hmm. so what would be a lot happened Oh yeah, Lots <laughs> we're not getting those years. details right now. <laughs> those are for for a different conversation at a different time. Oh boy! And for yep. those who know, they can know. We're gonna leave it at that. Um, it's, <laughs> um, it's been uh, it's been a wild few years, and to it's just been wild. It's just been wild. What's been uh? What's been the biggest thing you're looking forward to now going into college, at least? Um, probably just adapting to this whole new life. I mean, when I get down there, hopefully I'll have a dorm. <laughs> uh, hopefully um, I'm able to go back into training. I mean, they're going to have the gyms open, hopefully. Um Probably the first day when I'm there, I'm going to go into the gym facility and be like, who is going to train me now? And then I'll get someone uh, and then hopefully um, they'll have club. Hopefully maybe I could still stay somewhere with volleyball um, if the whole COVID thing permits. Yeah. And I mean, you'll, you'll have a lot of opportunities down there though. There's, there's connections and, I'm sure somewhere or another, we, we know somebody. Between me and San Antoine, we know someone. Uh, and, oh, you please, you'd still be working with me and just send you programs. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, oh, man. What would be, okay, what would be one goal you'd want to accomplish before you leave in August? With, uh, with, with either personal weight training, volleyball, anything. Uh, let's see. Weight training. 
I'd probably say, um, let's see, maybe front squat. I don't remember what the most I've done so far. I think with the uh, probably I'd like to do 155, hopefully by leaving here, um, or back squat at least over 200. I'd like to do just okay. one rep max. Yeah. I think right now you're at 125, 135 for front squat at the moment. So that's very that, that that's very doable. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't we've maxed out what once. Yeah. I think we maxed once in two years, which is another thing I don't like doing is maxing. So um, that's that's another big patience issue is yeah. that yeah. we used to fight on all the time. And I fight with a lot of athletes on that is they always want to go heavy and they don't want to understand that you can't do that. Um, that's a three, four month issue. And even then there's – a lot of times there's not really a point and you know unless you're doing a certain type of protocol mm-hmm. but oh man um I'm trying to think where's been the where's been the best place you traveled for volleyball or best favorite tournament there favorite what's your favorite tournament so far over the over the years oh god over the years oh favorite venue maybe not favorite tournament favorite venue Um, see, I don't ever remember us going to, like, really big venues. Um, I mean, uh, maybe, like, Upward Stars, they have a nice facility up there, Mm -hmm. um, for Greenville. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the best one that I went to before um, your club. Mm. Okay. So where's uh, where was your favorite out of the ones we went to? Was Atlanta? I'd probably say Atlanta or, you know, Rock Hill was really nice. Yeah. I just wish we had more time in both places. I know. Yeah. I wish we had both. I wish we had more time because we, we, we were planning on going go-kart racing. That was the I one. I know. We just didn't have any I wish we had an afternoon wave or something, or we were closer. It would have been a lot easier. Oh, we were gonna go to the one that was in Atlanta, I think, but it wasn't. It wasn't there anymore. Yeah, so it's only be like five minutes away, and then it got moved. Yeah, and it went to like thirty, and I'm like, what? <laughs> that one? Oh, that that would have been a lot of fun. Um, I know we'll have to end up. Sadly, you know, we'll say fingers crossed. We have a season this year. Um, and yeah, to anyone who who doesn't want to hear that, I'm sorry. But um, your high school season might be in jeopardy, too, <laughs> sadly. Yeah. Um, it's hopefully we get to go somewhere big this year. My plan, I'd love to go to Big South. I'd love to go to um, uh, a couple, like, one or two of the K2 tournaments out in Tennessee. Love mm-hmm. to go to uh, a qualifier, another qualifier, maybe in, like, um, Maryland or uh, – JV8 World Challenge in Kentucky, you know, things like that. And it's – what would you here, – here's another one. What would you tell – now, being an athlete, you know, I know you and your mom were, were, were always sold on athletics. You know, mm-hmm. it's never never really an issue, you know. You found a way somehow. 
what would you tell those those kids and those those families? I mean, I will also I'll just say those parents to like whenever they're investing in whatever club, whatever sport, um, that you're not really investing in the sport. You're investing in your kid. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, to pay such an amount to go certain places isn't outrageous. Like, what would you tell them based on your experience? From teams that I've been on, you can tell when the kid wants to be there or not. As, like, a teammate, you can tell, like, with the attitude on the court and also, like, off the court. Like, even in, like, group chats or um, FaceTimes, if you FaceTime them, um, you'll just sense, like, a different kind of energy from them. It's just, like, not up to the level as everyone else's. And to waste that money, it's just not worth it. Because if your kid's not happy, then the rest of the team isn't going to be happy. And then the coach isn't going to be happy. And you're not going to perform as well. Um, So just, I'd say if you need to ask your kid, like, as if you're a parent, you need to make sure your kid wants to do it. And it's not just for you. Like, it's not like you're living your dream through your kid. If your kid wants to do it, then go all in. Try it. But if they don't, then I would just say don't do it anymore. Like, don't waste everyone else's time just to make you happy. But your kid's miserable. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is coming with realistic expectations. Yeah. It's, those are, so, it's sometimes very difficult to, for, so for what you just said, it's, oh, sometimes very difficult to tell people. So yeah. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that people get to hear it from you and not just hear it from a coach constantly, because I think sometimes it gets to the point where it's, you almost like it's, well, you're hearing from the same level of authority. And then hear from someone the same level of what you're, you know, exploiting yourself to. Then it kind of hits at home a little bit when you have a, you have a, a child, you know, nothing to you, but you know, you have a child that's say 14 and 15 is an extreme competitor and says something like that. Because there are mm-hmm. plenty of kids like that. I've heard, you know, she's not, I don't think she's, she's that invested. You know, why is she here? Why does, why does her parents? And I think there are, I, I don't think parents realize that their kids talk like that. Uh, I think yeah. there are some, some athletes that they do not get the credit of their maturity level. They do not get recognized for their maturity level. And I've had 11 and 12 year olds come up to me and ask me more complicated questions than high school seniors. And there are plenty of times where I kind of look in, I look at them and go, I hope to God I'm working with you by the time you're 18. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I, I'm, I think I was very blessed to work with you. Um, I think I'm very blessed to work with the people I work with. And it's, it's very hard to watch kids that speak so intelligently have to suffer because somebody else doesn't want to put forth the same level of effort. And it's, and we both said this at the same time too, where it's, 
just because you put the clothing on doesn't make you good. And just, yeah. just because you spend time on the court, do you spend time in practice doesn't make you good. Just because you spend time in the gym doesn't make you good. It's what you do with all of that that makes you good. And it's very hard to explain because you as an athlete get put in a very difficult position um, when you voice your opinion because it's it gets seen biased. Um, mm -hmm. It gets seen you're not right. You know, you're not old enough to have that kind of opinion or you're not mature enough or whatever. And I think there needs to be a little bit more trust, respect, and faith put into athletes like in that, in that manner. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I would say that if some people were to hear it from me, you, like you said, they may say I'm biased or one-sided, but they just have to understand. It's just, I'm just trying to do the best I can for that team. Mm. Like it's not to say like, Oh, you're a bad person or you're a bad player you're just not in it so if you're not in it why make everyone else almost miserable like you are like just don't do it like if you're not happy do something that makes you happy i think that's that that's hard though for i think especially for females it's hard to do that because you get judged and i mean mm -hmm. I've, I've i've seen girls get judged that have literally never done anything to anybody and that's as a very hard as a coach is very hard as a human being to watch that happen and just kind of, you want to fight for that person and you can't do anything because you know, it's just going to make it worse. And it gets, Oh, uh, it hurts. I think it just hurts. Um, and you have other kids, like I've got plenty of empathy for people. I don't have sympathy, but I have plenty of empathy. Like I'm not going to do it for you. I'm going to feel bad because you might be going through it, but I think you got to learn how to just get up. I think you got to learn mm -hmm. how to be an adult at a very young age and still act your age. I mean, you have – you saw all the all the 12s, 13s, and 14s at a uh, tournament in Myrtle Beach. And, mm -hmm. you know, they were – and I'll tell you, they were all like, oh, my God, the 18s, the 17s, 18s, are here, they're here, they're watching us. And, you know, some of them, most of them didn't notice it because they're too freaked out as their first tournament. But – you know, we all, the coaches told them, hey, they're here to cheer you on. You know, they're looking up to you. And, you know, that that tells them they're important. And that tells them that they matter. And it gets, mm -hmm. you know, you have those kids that I think it's nice. I think a lot of older kids should watch the younger ones play because then you kind of get a realization of these kids love what they're doing. Do I love what I'm doing? Yeah. Even just to watch the 14s with their first tournament, they were just happy to be on the court. They were always smiling or they were yelling. They sure, like, yelled for the ball loud enough. Um, but even if someone did something wrong, they would tell each other and no one would get mad. I mean, kind of nowadays you see teams, if you tell, like, the wrong person that they did something wrong, then that person was out of the game. And you just don't know that at times. So you kind of almost have to watch what you say. But to see teams like that where you can tell a person, hey, fix your mistake, and they'll do it, is almost rare. But it's nice to see. Yeah, and there were – when we went to Charlotte, when that, when that 14 team went to Charlotte, um, it was actually the week before you guys did. 
Um, they, uh, no, that was the 15th. Sorry. That was the 15th. I was going to say, we didn't go to Charlotte. <laughs> you, didn't. you didn't get the, I had to, that's right. I had to switch something. Um, it was a week before the 15th went. Um, they, they won one set the whole weekend, I believe, and got complimented as one of the only teams that was constantly cheering for each other, constantly happy, constantly positive, never quit on each other. Even we were, and there were times we were getting beat by 10, 12 points and they just didn't stop. And that was the thing. And I think for me, I mean, I get very nervous when something like that's happening because it's, you know, the coach always feels bad. doesn't matter. Yeah. But when the parents of those kids and the parents of other kids are walking up to your coaches and they start saying, Hey, they did awesome. They don't care about the score anymore because they know the score is going to get it handled. It's going to get handled and they know their kids are their priority and those kids are doing well. And you know, it's, I think it gets, I think we need a little bit more of that, not innocence, but a little bit more purity when it comes mm -hmm. from people, when they're supporting some of the older kids. I love like, don't get me wrong, I love the intensity, I love the fight, but there are some times, and we saw them, where some of the parents are crazy, they're way too opinionated, and yep. the kids get way too opinionated, and there are times where you wonder, you know, what's being said in the car ride home, what's mm -hmm. being said between teammates, um, and that stuff that's very hard to control, and you know, to any parents that listen to this and, you know, to the ones I've dealt with and the ones that, you know, someone else is dealing with, you know, your car ride home has more impact most times than hour to hour practice. Because what you say and do in that time and what you say and do at home about what happened during that time is what starts ingraining all those habits. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even I can tell you most of my car rides home were either full of sleep, uh, eating, drinking, or talking about what I needed to fix, what I messed up on. Um, I mean, most of the time, the car rides mostly were like compliments, like, oh, this person did really well doing this, or this person got better at this this weekend, or well, this person did this really good, but all they need to do is just fix this and it'll be even better. I mean, if you put it in a way that's positive, there won't be any negative energy from you. But if it's all like, oh, this person messed up with this or this person um, sucked at this this weekend, it's never going to be positive for you towards that person. Yeah, and everyone, everyone feels that. Um, whether you think that exists or not, people feel that. Um, and you could not say a single word. You could be completely nice to them to their face, but people feel that 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 energy, like you're saying, of mm -hmm. you know how that kid reacts. Um, you're to an extent, um, I think, after a certain age, or even within. I think it, I think it lies within the child, um, within the athlete, I should say. Um, you're a product of your environment, um, and you also have the chance with your own free will to change how you are seen. Um, I think it gets very hard when some people don't, aren't, aren't open. Um, mm -hmm. 
because even at 30, I'm still learning. I'm still doing my thing and I'm still trying to get better. Um, my coach is my age and I ask him questions all the time. Um, I ask my wife all the time. I ask, you know, I've asked you on how to coach you. And I think that when a question like that gets prompted, you don't just say, well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the ultimate form of vulnerability from one person to another that says, how can I help you? What works best? Without yeah. saying, I'm, you know, I'm going to do whatever you want. You know, it's, there's plenty of times where you know, I've put that on a silver platter for people and they just go, I don't know. It's, uh, it, get, it gets very difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, each person has a different way of being taught. I think I've learned that a lot um, over the years. I, how I was always taught was um, it's almost like tough love, like you said, but you'll be forceful um, aggressive saying what you want how we're gonna do it and this is how it's gonna be i've kind of learned that from a younger age even dealing with it from middle school and that's just how i like to be taught i don't really like to be taught kind of not nice in a way but almost like it needs to happen like this is what we're gonna do this is how it's gonna be and that's it like i remember the first year um well, volleyball, technically when I learned volleyball, uh, I started in fourth grade, uh, but my first real year was in sixth grade, um, and my coach came into the gym, and the first thing he said was, you're going to learn overhand or else you're not playing, and that was it, and then we just started practice, um, so that whole season, I was just practicing overhand, like I would stay after practice for like 30 minutes to like an hour just working on it. Um, and I mean, it even got during the season to where I was replacing the eighth graders to just serve for them and then stay in mm. um, because he took it seriously. Like, okay, these people didn't want to work, but you are. So here you go. Yeah. So it's almost like hard work pays off. Just to kind of go over like what you were talking about. Um, I know there were a couple other things I wanted to cover before we finished. Um, there was, mm, there's been, I think there's been plenty of instances that me and you have gone through together that have kind of exposed you to a couple of things that I've dealt with before. And, you know, I, I would then get questions from you. Why, why did that person say this? Why did that person happen? And, um, you know, it's, I think there are people that don't understand all the different things that happen at different levels within athletics between a coach and an athlete. Um, it's a very shaky road at first and it can be very shaky road the whole time. Um, if your coach isn't nervous about what they're doing, um, I think they're too comfortable. Uh, I, I, the, the nights I have gone into practice where I have been relaxed have never been productive practices. Mm -mm. Um, and I will say that uh, from experience, <laughs> um, or they just haven't been positive practices, I'll say. Um, it's, it's always been a mission to make sure you guys get better every single time and mm -hmm. kind of go back to what we were saying about the car rides home. Um, 
and I know we've talked about this, but there was there's a I think it's the Carolina South Carolina basketball coach um, discussed uh, discussed in an interview about his sons playing basketball in AAU or AAU in high school, I believe, um, or school ball. And he said, you know, when, when, when both my boys get in the car, they, they do not say anything negative about the coach. Um, if they do, they go handle it with the coach. Um, there's no, there's no negativity. There's no back talk. There's nothing. Um, he goes, on the other hand though, is if the coach doesn't want to deal with my kids problems, then he's not going to be on that team. So mm -hmm. I think there needs to be a lot of, a lot of uh, responsibility, especially at a young age. It gets very difficult. Um, I, I absolutely adore and love the parents that push their kids at 10 and 11 years old to go handle their own problems. Um, but I understand when those kids are scared because they're very, mm -hmm. very young and they get intimidated. But to see someone that age and then at any age really, um, walk up to an adult and voice their opinion is a very, is a very moving moment. It's a very growing moment. And it's awesome to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say definitely talking with a coach about problems is hard at times. Um, but like you said about the parents thing, responsibility, um, I would say over experience, I do see a lot of blame go onto the coach um which is unfortunate to see at times because it's not always the coach's fault and you know my mother um if something <laughs> happens what did you like, do well coach made me do made me run this oh then she'll be like oh well what did you do and then it's always a joke but it's usually because <laughs> of something i did it's oh, never cool. like your fault but even like that joke is taken seriously at times too, because um, like people, if your kid's not doing well, what the parents, some parents do is they go straight to the coach. Like, well, why isn't my kid doing this? Why isn't they, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they playing? Why aren't they doing this level of intensity? But it's not always the coach's fault. Sometimes it's like, well, how much effort did your kid put in to practice that day? Did they show up? Because um, even I knew if you didn't go to a practice the day before a game, you weren't playing. You sat. Um, so there has to be responsibility on the kids' part and the parents' part. Because, yes, the coach is responsible to a certain extent. But nowadays, you see it like it's all the coach's responsibility. And, and it's, it's their fault. Like, it's, yeah. it's all instant with a lot of that stuff i know it's very it's very hard to understand um and you know i haven't experienced this on kids but um but i think if you look at it just from one person to another talking about anything it's very hard sometimes to discern when you're not there who really said what yeah so i think it comes down to trust um and those kids not betraying the parents trust and the parents putting the faith in the kids. I mean, there's so many factors, but I, I really think that if more parents started treating their kids like adults and saying, look, like this is, this is your manager, essentially like this person, you know, you work for them. I mean, that, that puts a very, that paints that really bad, but I think it's an analogy that if people looked at it like that, um, 
it'd be very easy because you know say say you guys got paid to play and you know i'm your coach i'm your boss at that point you have to listen to what i'm saying um it's the, it's the same idea in in the pros um you know i'm making this very black and white obviously but um and that's for the people listening but still it's um it's one of those things that they I think it just comes down to responsibility and maturity, honestly. Um, I, I don't think there needs to be any other analogy for it. It just, those kids have to start growing up. Um, it's almost like people laid back on their kids way too much, like laid mm-hmm. back away from their kids um, instead of teaching things, not letting them get out of things, put them in a, in a hard spot, make them swim, make them sink or swim. Um, they have flotation devices for a reason, but you don't use them all the time. You know, when, when a child is learning how to swim, yeah, it's called assistance. But when that child is starting to go up and down and is trying to figure out how to float and how to swim and how to keep their head above the water, you're still helping. You're not doing it for them. Um, it gets very hard just to do that because I know with, with weightlifting, it's a very, um, Oh, well, at least how I train. Um, big trial by fire. And it, once you start, once I see you're starting to get it, it's all right, we're going full throttle. And if you can't handle the full throttle, the kitchen gets very hot. Um, and everything, everything starts to stress. So um, you, you kind of have to learn how to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm even at my age and you know, I've, and I've said these stories plenty of times. And uh, if you can get chewed out by somebody and say, okay, take what they said uh, without any emotion, uh, regardless of how bad the chewing is, um, you would be just fine. And it's all a matter of pulling the emotion out of the words and seeing why they're saying it. Um, mm-hmm. My biggest one was in coastal. I mean, I've told you that story where I've gotten I've gotten chewed at before, and you know, it's nothing to them. It was I wasn't doing my job 100. percent I mean, and I wasn't doing a crappy job. It just wasn't doing it to their standard. And so mm-hmm. I just said okay, and I did it to their standard. So um, I really think kids need to, obviously within reason, athletes need to start understanding how to take criticism. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, even now, too, criticism, you almost have to watch what you say or else you'll get in trouble in some way. Um, even, like, teammate to teammate, you almost have to know beforehand if they can take it or not because if they can't, then who knows? Maybe you'll get a call from the club director that this parent complained about you or the school principal or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And what what was okay to be said five years ago is just off the charts now. Um, yeah, you can't it, say it now. Yeah. Um, man, even oh, just that's that's a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down right now. Mm-mm. But yeah, it's it, it's very that's a very very muddy area. Um, and you kind of have to you do tread very lightly. Um, I know I have 
develop that as fast as I can um, with people. And you, you find those kids and this is kind of be my last point. Um, like you find those kids that you work with very well. Um, then you get the word thrown out that is probably the most irritating I've ever had is favoritism. Mm. And, um, no one understands what that means. Uh, and I say that a hundred percent, I believe that no one understands what that word means when they start screaming it. Um, I think it comes from a mixture of things. Um, I think it's more, I think there's a certain sense of jealousy in there. Um, when there doesn't need to be because there's no good coaches don't favorite anybody. They just connect with certain athletes different. And there has to be a sense of accountability, which is what comes down with it too. Um, uh, you know me, I'm not going to coach somebody that's going to waste my time. No. Uh, and if I'm getting paid or not, I'm just, if I'm not getting paid, I'm definitely not going to be there. Um, even if I'm getting paid, won't be there. Uh, it's just one of those things. I have canceled on people. I have quit working with people. Um, I've sought after people because I want to work with them. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a huge compliment to athletes when coaches are reaching out to you. Hey, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing for your workout? I'd love to help, you know, and it's not always for financial gain. Don't get me wrong. It's, um, sometimes you just want to work with a great athlete. Um, but I really want to harp on that one word because that's caused me a lot of grief and um, it's caused a few athletes I've worked with over time, over, over the years, actually grief because it's comes down to the other athlete who's not secure with themselves or mm -hmm. is very insecure or has their own issues that they don't want to handle or they want to blame someone instead of doing the work. There's so many factors but i think it comes down to insecurity a little bit of jealousy a miss you know a little bit of ignorance to the word the meaning and um then you have parental guidance mm -hmm. uh, i think that's the big backboard there that could be the end all beat all yeah. uh it's uh, i've never liked that word i always will not like that word I mean, yeah, even you can tell, like, I've I've seen teams and I've been on teams where there has been favoritism. I mean, it's not uncommon, but no. for a good coach, there's no favoritism. I mean, like you said, there's different coaches adapt to different players different ways. They talk to players different ways. It's just a different kind of relationship that they can have with that player uh, than they can have with other people. It could be from experiences. It could be um, from what they've done together, like if they've had private lessons or something. I mean, there's just so much that could go off of it. But um, you can almost tell when someone's being favorited. Um, but like I said, good coaches really don't favor. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to history with that person. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you just, you, th there are times you just click with somebody, coach to athlete, you just click. And there are times with athlete to athlete, you click. And you can't, you just, you can't change that. And I think some people get upset by that. 
Don't get me wrong. I get it. I used to be that person when I was younger. Um, I was not confident kid. Um, I got very mad because, you know, why didn't I have that kind of attitude? But as I got older, I realized I was very childish. Um, I wish I would have changed it. I wish I would have changed a few things about myself when I was younger, but it helps me now, you know, mm -hmm. and it's one of those things, a coach, and this will be my last point, a coach will push those that want, that want it. And coaches, good coaches will see those kids and they will go after them. They will make sure that they get what they need. Um, and that's, I think that's what gets mistaken for favoritism, you know, mm -hmm. well, she's so good or she's so good. And that's why he gets all these things. No, it's, he's working hard or she's working hard. And, you know, a coach doesn't want to see that get wasted. And that's where that misunderstanding happens a lot of times. Um, you know, oh, or she always gets used for demonstrations or she's always the spotlight player. She's always this, she's always a captain. And it's just, you got to start being proud of that person and mm -hmm. stop hating on that person. Stop being negative towards that person. So with that, with all that being said, um, it's, I know it's late for both of us. Uh, it's about nine 15 now. Um, I'm going to have you go with the last word, um, a piece of advice for anyone watching, listening and, uh, anyone that's starting their volleyball journey now, what would you tell them? I would say have patience. You'll get there. Don't worry. Um, and for if you're starting your volleyball journey, if you love the sport, keep going. Like, no matter what. Don't let anyone stop you from achieving what you want to achieve. Always push yourself beyond your limits because you don't even know your limit. I don't know my limits. I'm still learning. Even after three years, I'm still learning. Um, but just continue to work. Don't stop. Don't let anyone try to stop you. You'll get there. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's going to end it for, for tonight. Thank you so much. Late notice coming on. <laughs> You're so, welcome. <laughs> so uh, have a good night. And I mean, I will see you tomorrow at training. Yeah. So that's going to be a little different. 10. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. I've got training at, at seven. So, um, but thank you again, and I will see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye. Bye.